0: hey everybody welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast i'm john burke and with me from across the pond is matt hudson from what i watch matt how you doing sir john
1: burke i'm not doing too badly my friend i'm looking forward to talking about tonight's film one i've been looking forward to since well about a few months ago when it was uh, like really randomly announced but you yeah, know i can't complain too much my friend i don't have tea tonight i've only got a a glass of ice cold water to see me through but um and that is certainly an indication of the weather over here but i'm doing well my friend how
0: are you how's florida keeping it safe and well it is it's you know we're doing things and it's hot still because it's um my my uh daughter and her boyfriend this weekend decided they were not going to wait they wanted to carve pumpkins um knowing that there was no way they would make it to halloween um but they they some fun designs on their pumpkins. But uh, my daughter kept hers inside, and uh, Dylan put his outside. And I came home today, and it has not survived the heat. It was uh, it, it was time to go <laughs> in the trash. Um, so that was like a, a good indication of how hot it is still here. Uh, it lasted you know three days before it started to rot. Um, but we we have taken care of it. It is it is gone. Uh, but yeah, that's um, just you know normal heat. Uh, in florida but it's a little late into the year for it to be this hot but um i also get over here yeah i it's it's everywhere right like um there's a hurricane down south uh just off florida coast i don't know where it is right now but it was it did hit puerto rico so you know it's it's that crazy time of year where all the weather is just everywhere you know um we hate it but we got to deal with it
1: it is what it Um, is i guess unless it becomes too uh well, natural disaster-ish, and then we'll start to worry.
0: Yes, exactly. Which is, you know, we're we're there, but it's okay. Um, listeners, we are here, and uh, as Matt said, he was excited. I am also was very hyped to go see this movie. Um, we're talking about Ty West's new film, second new film this year, uh, Pearl, that dropped in theaters this weekend, uh, this past weekend. It's almost been a week now because uh, we're recording a little later on purpose. From now on, we're going to be recording on Thursdays. And, um, the downside of that is I saw this on Friday, so a whole week has almost gone by since the last time I saw this, but uh still pretty fresh in my mind. You saw it last night though, right
1: I have seen this very recently, yes, my friend, so it's very very uh fresh in my mind. I've still taken notes, but yeah that's the um the problem with doing it later It's great because it gives us more time to watch the films, but then when you watch a film early and for example if you like it you think gotta oh, wait five six days before you can talk about it but uh who
0: knows maybe you hated this film maybe i did as well maybe we'll find out well let's see what uh all the stats are so pearl as noted directed and written by ty west um this is one of those rare things when uh x came out earlier this year which you can go back and listen to our episode of x uh phil yep. matt and i both were big fans of um we we got a a, a teaser a rare teaser for a um one for a a a24 film and even for a a horror film in a lot of cases where they were uh saying hey we got a prequel not only are we gonna do it we've already done it we've already made this movie we Um, missed the the post-credit scene didn't we We both missed it yeah on the first few weeks would have thought why would we stay through a, a horror film and more this is apparently a24's first franchise now um as this is not a spoiler because this was even announced before the movie came out, but we are getting a third movie in this series uh, called Maxine dropping sometime next year. I believe too. I don't think they're waiting around uh, yes. for it. Um, But pro was filmed in secret uh, alongside X uh, and the cast is only one returning actress actually, which I thought was kind of interesting. Makes sense mind you, but a lot of times if you're doing these two uh, adjacent, records that you would use everybody over and he didn't um but we get mia goth returning um as pearl david uh as the projectionist i definitely mispronounced that name corin <laughs> chorus sweat sweet sweat
1: corin sweats i don't know i've never heard that one before
0: yeah um the projectionist is all he's named uh tandy wright as ruth also uh, aka um pearl's mother uh matthew sunderland as pearl's father emma jenkins Puro. As Mitzi, I almost said Misty because it's uh, my brain wants to move the S and the T. Um, And then Alistair Sewell as Howard. Um, uh, The backstory on how Pearl became the person she was is the synopsis. So if you don't know who Pearl is, honestly, if you didn't watch X, you should not listen to this episode either because we probably are going to talk a little bit about X. Uh, But neither uh, Pearl nor X will be spoiled on this episode. But I believe we're planning on doing a spoiler episode for Pearl. I do Um, believe so, my friend. We might have a lot to say about that. Uh, Let's see what the critics thought, though. The Rotten Tomato uh, critic score right now is 87%. The audience score is an 81%, a rare... You know, both both sides seeming to enjoy this. Metacritic 73, IMDb 7.3. That's the user score. And Letterboxd is rounding out at 3.9. So almost four out of five average. So generally positive uh, all the way around. This is only in theaters right now. Uh, it will, of course, at some point be released to home video and d- digital. I don't know if we got any kind of like early uh, digital release, if it's going to be part of the 45-day type situation or if this is going to be a normal run but um i loved x and x is very throwback uh slasher like texas chainsaw vibes for sure there's a lot of scenes that almost feel directly out of texas chainsaw like when they pull up to the gas station at the beginning of the film um and it's it's ty west doing basically a throwback to that genre and for me it worked better than some of those actual movies because i'm not Mm -hmm. a big texas chainsaw fan but i loved x um and a big part of it was the story. A lot of it, though, is Mia Goth. She really... She's been in some stuff, but this is where I think she's finally really got to shine and exhibit all of her ability. Um, so going into Pearl and having seen seen the trailer, but still not sure exactly what we were going to get, um, I was surprised at how restrained I thought this film was um, compared to X. Like, there isn't... Um, I don't believe there's any nudity in this film, which X that's a major part of X. Uh, The name implies that Um, there is, there's a little bit of sexuality and there is, uh, I I lied. There is some nudity, but it's not the actors that we're watching. It's a video. It's a movie being played at one point, Um, but it's much more restraint and it is a lot more about the character um, and really letting this character kind of the, uh, the mental state of this character and that, I found to be unbelievably compelling. Uh, There are at least two scenes in this film that I think Mia Goth deserves an Oscar nomination for alone um, because they are incredible performances. They, and more again, when we talk restraint, some of the camera choices that Ty West does and some of the editing choices are so restrained and so powerful. And I think in a, in a different filmmaker, you would have seen a much more traditional back and forth editing process and instead, he allows Mia to just own the moment. And it is devastating. It is horrifying. And yet it's impressive watching it as a, as a person who looks at film as more than just the entertainment, more than just the art, but is is looking to kind of see the processes behind, think about the decisions going into it. And I was, you know, really, really impressed with the overall movie. As far as entertainment goes, I think I liked X more overall. I think X delivered more what I was expecting of a horror movie. This movie, I think, is a different type of horror movie. I think it's very successful with what it's trying to do, and I had a great time with it. Um, and one of the things that I, I couldn't shake while watching it was like, man, this movie's making me think of The Wizard of Oz, and I'm sitting yeah. in the theater going, I- am I losing my mind? Like, am I, like, forcing... Like, because the, the color palette, I felt like it looked more like a Technicolor movie than normal. Like, the colors were really saturated. Um, obviously, there's some easy parallels. She lives on a farm. She's got pigtails. Um, it, but, and there is a scarecrow. Uh, And then I, I'm like, I, I didn't say this to anybody. And now, like, there's, I've seen at least three different articles, like, Comparing and contrasting Wizard of Oz and, and Pearl, I'm like, okay, it's not just me. It's obviously, it, uh, it must clearly be what Ty was going for. It makes sense for a lot of reasons. In fact, um, I mean, I think there's even more as I think about it. And that this is one of those movies. I think the more I've thought on it, I'm even more in love with it than when I just saw it. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I had no qualms with it while watching it. I was always entertained. Um, but as I've thought about it, I'm just like I think this movie is is maybe even too brilliant again, like where I'm like, I think there's so much going on that I could keep breaking it down and analyzing it for, for longer than I have. And I definitely want to see this again. Um, I, I bought X not too long ago. I will a hundred percent be buying Pearl. I just hope he can, he can land the ending. You know, I'm ass- assuming it's a trilogy and it stops there. Um, it may not because X was set in the seventies. Uh, and it was the throwback to the seventies horror. um, Pearl set in like 1918 and it's not a throwback to old Hollywood, but there is definitely a lot of old Hollywood built into it. Uh, Again, wizard of Oz being the primary uh, source of that. And then um, Maxine, the trailer gives me eighties vibes like really hard. Um, So uh, maybe we get a nineties and a two thousands, like horror take from Ty West. I don't know. Uh, It'd be interesting, but I'd be content with the trilogy, especially if, I'm afraid the more you keep going, the more likely you you mess up, right? Like it's it's hard to keep it going at this level. X is great, Pearl is great. Hopefully, Maxine is great. Can he do four? I mean, we haven't he hasn't done three yet, but like those are my theories. But I I really think this movie's excellent. I love seeing um that Martin Scorsese has come out like raving about this movie is pretty impressive because I, I I feel like the only thing I've heard him talk about other people's movies recently has been nagging like Marvel. So the fact that he's up on something that I like, I'm like, okay, good. We we don't have a completely different set of opinions. But uh I am curious, Matt, did Pearl work for you like it did for me, or did this one miss the mark? Uh you
1: know I'm a horror fan, JB, and now of course we know that you are now the world's newest <laughs> avid horror fan as well. But um yeah, I really like X. It was a really cool throwback, that uh, had a really nice retro feel, but at the same time it was very much telling his own story with characters that I actually cared about or cared about their fates. Um, So when we found that they're doing a prequel to that film, but it was going to be centered on the old lady Pearl who was going to be played by Mia Goth. Uh, I was very interested in how they were going to get to where she, we found her in X. And like John said, not going to be spoiling that film, but I think this film Pearl did a fantastic job of doing that. I think it's, I think it's superb, John. I do. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think this is excellent. I think what you were saying was bang on the money that this is, this, this film shows more restraints than X visually, you know, X is a much more kind of harder hitting film. If if you, if you go in there looking for kills and blood and the rest of it. Yeah. But when Pearl gives it to you in terms Mm. of those kills, I think they're more shocking. I think they're a lot more stark and colder in this film so for me it actually there is there's greater feeling to them and it kind of more of a shocking feeling to them um again that'd be fun to talk about in the spoiler episode next week but um yeah i, I really really enjoyed how ty west again took a uh, an overarching theme and imbued his film with it here they're talking about there's, there's a pandemic going on you know the spanish flu i think it would have been and mm-hmm. how that incubate how that uh, experience you know what it does to people essentially you know how, how does it so do like, to people around them sorry go on
0: yeah just the world war one is happening too so we still have soldiers uh who haven't been able to come home and obviously the communication in 1918 severely limited compared to now where like you have no idea w- if someone's okay or not and then um you couple all of that with the one thing that is uh a, a parallel and i think the what the trilogy's overarching theme is is the x factor element right like this idea that Um, yes i want to be famous i want to be be more than i am yeah
1: yeah and that that was what um maxine in x wanted she wanted to be a star and here pearl she says you know again it's not a spoiler she wants to be a star too that was kind of part of her character's uh story or narrative in x and it's just playing out the origins of that here but i didn't I didn't ever feel that this was a kind of straight up origin story because I really don't like the term origin story. I think it's mm. a lazy thing. Hollywood does. But what I do like about this film is how they showed somebody who is kind of living in this kind of living in a era of their life where they'd rather not be. They want to escape where they are and be free and live for themselves. But obviously they can't do that. So she's, we already meet her in a certain kind of mental state. But then the the gradual deterioration, deterioration of that and where we where we kind of see the moment where she realizes, huh, maybe something is wrong with me and I don't know what it is, but I th- I don't think I'm entirely normal. I paraphrase, but that's kind of what she says in the film during it. Um, Mia Goth, uh, Mia Goth, you were Goth? She a Goth. Mia Goth is. Very, very good in this film, unlike that gag, but Mia Mia Goff is very good. I've liked her in in most things she's been in, whether that is kind of more of a supporting role, like in um, Suspiria, the remake, or the one Um, with Dane DeHaan, the one. Yes, I thought she was very good in that as well.
0: But she was probably the best part of that.
1: She, yeah, and I didn't mind that film, the Gore Verbinski film. I think I didn't actually mind Mm -hmm. that film, but she is the best part, most alluring part of that film. But the best thing is when when you hear her in interviews. Now you you look at someone like um, Benedict Cumberbatch or John Boyega, and they're British, but they and when they put on an American accent, it's believable enough. More so in Boyega's case, but when you hear Mia Goth talk, my god. You know, she sounds nothing like this character. She's uh, she's born in London, and she does not. And sh- the you know, just the performance vo- vocally is astonishing when you hear what she sounds like. And, and people will say, "Well, that's her job to act to be someone else," but to do it this believably and authentically is superb. And yeah, she she's put through the ringer in terms of her emotions, in terms of her kind of physical and mental state in this film. And there, are, yeah, there are a few very standout scenes for her in this where she really gets to show you know her, her, her range off and her ability off and mm-hmm. uh, the way this film ends again no spoilers but the film ends on two kind of really chilling sequences one shot so so well like terrifyingly well and mm-hmm. a lot of that is just down to how real this film felt you know it's set in 1918 so of course we're going to look at it and it will feel like a different time in a different era because it was and like john said you know the the uh, wizard of oz parallels are are right there to slap you in the face as well as other films as well i think ty west has said but it it retains this kind of authenticity overall so when things happen in the cold stark banner they do doesn't it, it doesn't feel like you're you know, you're not being transported somewhere else. It feels kind of like like bludgeoningly real at times. And I think that's how this film works for me. Uh, the acting is stellar. The music is sensational, actually. I've got to say the score in this is, it, it, one, at one point it's luscious and then it's sinister at the same time. And that's just kind of like the main theme that permeates throughout this whole film. But yeah, there's there's moments in this that will make you, uh, I kind of sit back and think wow well there's others which will make you think what am i watching there's one bit john mentioned a scarecrow yeah you'll watch that and yeah. think, what is going on here but somehow in the context of the film it works i don't know how well it would if you just showed someone that scene but um yeah really enjoyed this film john i can't wait for maxine to come out next year with this 80s vibe and if it gives me goth another platform to show her abilities then well, we're the lucky ones because she was she was very good in X. Ex- she's excellent in Pearl. I assume now that Ty West is going to smash out of the park with Maxine. I hope he does. And also, one last thing. This film was made for a million dollars. One million dollars. It's yep. made four million at the minute. It's already made its money, but it's already, it's already made a profit. Well, you know, more yeah. people go and see this. This film will be um, a huge money earner. These films but are for A24.
0: Hey, Hollywood, let filmmakers make small movies and people don't have to make 500 billion because it didn't cost you 200 billion or whatever you know like 500 million it didn't cost you 200 million like you can make a one million dollar movie that's incredible that's it looks fantastic the look of this movie is amazing design is very good like is it for everybody no but that's the beauty of it it doesn't have to be for everybody Mm -hmm. because it has an audience yeah
1: and for a million dollars, if if you only make four million, I say only you, you've made your money back and more. And you've got a film which, if it isn't universally loved to start with, has a chance of being a cult film down the line. But it would seem Pearl is being uh, lauded. And the I think I think I saw uh, again. I, I, I don't usually read up on reviews before I do a show, but I did see on Twitter that Peter Bradshaw in the Guardian, who is notorious for just being a curmudgeonly old man gave this five out of five. I haven't read why, but wow. he gave this five. And this is the kind of film I would expect him to give one or one and a half and to say it's schlock. The dude gave it five out of five. So, and again, that doesn't sway anybody's opinion, but it flawed me almost as much as the film did when I saw that. But yeah, a million, a million dollars, 4 million bucks. It just goes to show if you put good, good, good actors in good roles with a good story, you'll get your, yeah. you'll get your results and your money back. If that's what you want, John.
0: Right now, I mean, we've been talking about the the horror genre has had a resurgence over the last few years. We've seen some incredible filmmakers really embrace the genre, and we've you know we've got Jordan Peele being lauded as like the new master, and then you've got Ari Aster who we're waiting mm-hmm. on his third film. Um, but then, like you, ha- the just in the last two weeks, we have got Barbarian here in the states, which I know is not out yet in the UK, but it's coming soon. Uh-huh. Which. From all accounts that I know, Barbarian is being lauded by a lot of critics as well. It and really then is. here comes Pearl right around the corner, and we can't forget we got X this year too, from the same director. But mind you, like in one That's year we've world. got two masterpiece horrors from this guy. That is we world. got Scream Five, which isn't a perfect movie, but is a really good you know sequel in that franchise. Loved um, it. I I, I also really liked it. I I think I had more issues when we saw it, and it's been a minute since I last watched it, but I I did really like it. Um, Hellraiser coming soon? We've got a new Hellraiser, which isn't getting a theatrical, and we had got a new Predator, which everyone seems to really love, but again, not theatrical. There's this movie called Smile that Matt and I have been talking about in private that everyone is apparently, the people who've already seen it are saying is incredible. The Menu, which is this high-class artsy horror film mm-hmm. that has Halloween and Joy and Ray finds. Okay, I wasn't going to mention Halloween. Ends, oh, yeah. Pat, it, we're talking pole, good horror.
1: Genre <laughs> film, but that's, that's,
0: that's got the most uh, potential to be the worst of the lot. Well, evil was supposed to die tonight, and it's um, now six years later, is my understanding. Um, uh,
1: four years, I think, but
0: still, four, still, still, it didn't die tonight. Apparently, so it's just been in that room for four years, looking out the window. I, if if ever there was a fumbling of the ball, it was with Halloween Kills, right? Because I think every one of us who liked Halloween was really hyped about the 2018 movie, and we were excited for the sequel. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that really hurt more than a normal bad like i can forgive a bad horror movie but when i feel like you had set up something so good and then i got that it was it's hard to let it go anywho
1: the big one next year john with the exorcist sequel legacy oh are are we getting that one next or next october
0: and there's other stuff like there's other horror coming out and again of course there's shutter pumping out originals and some are some are not good but there's a lot of good stuff on Shudder. Like it, horror is a genre that doesn't get enough love and it's currently uh, people like myself who used to be, you know, I had favorites, but I was very selective with my horror. I am I am often more inclined. Like I'm super hyped for October. I'm like I'm going to figure out how to watch 31 movies despite my very hectic schedule because <laughs> I had a blast doing it last year. And there's there's so much good out there. There's a lot of bad. There's more horror horror movies I think collectively than most other genre films because it is a starting point for a lot of filmmakers and that is why there's so it's, many mediocre ones but cheap the good to ones too well. so, yeah yeah they are they are cheap to make and um and, and it's a it's a good w- showcase of talents because there's a lot of ways you can show off in a horror film that you wouldn't be able to do in another another uh, medium but I, i'm just saying folks if you you may think horror is not for you but sometimes it, it just works and um with again no spoilers we're done with our pro review mostly but i i think this movie might have one of the most memorable final shots in mm, movies yeah. um, Very good. and it's in i won't say what it is or why i'm just saying like i i don't know that i'll ever forget the final shot of this film like it, it's a wild one and uh yeah Link that's green. big time uh pearl yeah no no, no positive you're right. for both of us uh, we recommend checking it out, my
1: friend. Uh, um, and if you think Mia Goth is going to get an Oscar nomination, John, I'm sorry to tell you, the Oscars hate horror, but she I know. is very
0: good. Tony collette was snubbed for Hereditary a few years ago, and I'm aware, yes. but um I really hope they maybe write that ship because um, I don't. I mean, it's hard. There's a lot of performances coming out too. That we got a lot of movies coming out with Oscar buzz, of course, but man. Um, It's a shame if she doesn't get nominated uh, because she gave two amazing performances. because her technically three, because she is playing a double role in X, but um, and most people didn't know it it while they were watching it. So I I mean, all the more impressive, Uh, but yeah, that's it for our review of Pearl. We'll have a spoiler episode on Monday. Um, check that out if you've seen the movie. If you haven't, go to the theater. Check it out. Be safe, of course. But, man, it's a movie that's worth uh, watching. And I think giving your full attention to at a theater is going to be beneficial. Because it, um, every shot has some reason for you to look at it. Like There's something going on in every frame. And it's worth paying attention to. Uh, that said, let's move on to Chopped Headlines. Movie, pop culture news that caught our attention. Um, Matt, I think you might have alluded to at least what you're going to be bringing up here what headline grabbed you this week
1: this week my friends, the headline was simply hulu's hellraiser trailer unleashes pinhead and some new cenobites not cinobites that delicious sweet treat cenobites um yes the fairly anticipated in horror circles you know pretty much anticipated hellraiser uh, reboot directed by David Bruckner, who did the, uh, I can't, the ritual a few years ago. Really enjoyed that. Clive Barker is producing and is very hands on with this one. And we've got uh, Jamie Clayton. She's stepping into the role of Pinhead. We've got Odessa as Ion, Brandon Flynn, Aoife Hines. We've got a very decent young cast stacking up for this film. The, f- the first trailer dropped, John. I've watched it and i uh very much enjoyed this trailer i like the look of this an awful lot i like how it starts in typical hellraiser fashion you know someone's playing around with the box we'll call it for now and you know in oh. a way it kind of t- all twists and turns until suddenly hell is raised and we get our first look at the new pinhead who is uh who is book accurate or sorry is clive barker accurate um the story being that in the 80s when hellraiser first hit the scene the studio execs didn't believe that a female pinhead would be intimidating so they cast doug bradley and the rest is history whereas now they've gone back to the well and and in in the books pinhead is kind of androgynous there is no set gender though it is though the character lent more into the feminine aspects um and clive barker isn't an, an openly gay man as well was more well, he, he, this is what he was pushing for so we're going to get a more accurate version of the character. Doesn't mean it's going to be better. It, hopefully it is because I want everything to be better. But um, I really like the trailer. I like the tone of it. I like the new pinhead because that's obviously the main attraction. Same as it would be for a new Nightmare on Elm Street film or a Halloween film. You know, you, you, you're going there for Freddy, Michael or the bad guy. So I, I like the look of it. I like the feel of it. I like the tone of it. It felt like Hellraiser. And it's not a franchise that I am in love with either. I like the first film. The second film's too. pretty good. And then the rest are, yeah, second one's decent. And the third one I gave, whatever. And then the rest they do, I mean, it does literally very quickly fall off a cliff to direct a DVD. And I, to the point where I've mentioned before, one of them was, just literally called Hellraiser deader. They've made up a word deader. They've made up a word for this piece of crap. Um, but yeah. And then eventually Doug Bradley didn't do them anymore. I think his, I don't think he did one called judgment or something. I don't know, but they're rubbish, but the first two are half decent. And then it, that's it so i'm not i don't come into this with a lot of kind of reverence for the franchise but i like the first film i love the character of pinhead and i love the kind of like pseudo like sexual s kind of weird vibe that the Cenobites bites and just pinhead was given off in general i think that kind of sleazy um kind of hor vibe works because you don't see it very often you certainly don't sit down very often very well anyway but um yeah so i'm not going into this um, waiting for my childhood to be ruined or whatever. I am just hoping it's better <laughs> than all of the other sequels and as good as, if not better than, the original John. But have you seen it? Do you? What do you think of Hellraiser fr- as a franchise? And are you looking so, forward to this new one?
0: I still have not watched this trailer. However, I just saw who dr- is directing it, which is David Bruckner, and I have I like The Ritual. I love Nighthouse last year, um, yes, and, or two years ago. Wow, it was two years ago. Um, yeah, Rebecca Hall, fantastic in that movie. And uh, he's one of the VHS directors, so I don't remember which movie was his, but I like most of the first VHS. Um, I uh, saw Hellraiser for the first time last Halloween. It was one of my 31 days, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty right. sure it was. Um, so it's fun that I didn't know they were doing another one. Do you, I, I don't know if you said this, and if you did, I apologize. But is this a legacy sequel where this is like erasing all but the first movie or something like that? Or is this a full-on reboot?
1: This is just a it's a reimagining of the okay. first film of the, of the story sorry.
0: Got it. So a reboot essentially. It's not it's not Basically. keeping anything in line.
1: No no, in- it's pretty much an adaptation of Clive Barker's book which was called The Hellbound Heart so they're it's just retelling it.
0: Unfortunate because the the not not it being unfortunate but it's unfortunate for it that uh currently legacy sequels have just reused the first title so now it's really hard to tell if it's a reboot or a continuation um but i am i'm hyped for it uh it sounds like uh, people are excited for it i i really like the first one and i do i like the idea of pinhead as a horror villain right like for a long time i was afraid of the franchise because i heard it was so gory and so over the top and then i started hearing that well it's not good but it's it is that it's like horror like (laughs) extreme um but i think even that might be overstating it because of that predates like saw and the the um torture porn stuff that became a norm when i was watching a lot of horror which you know i went and saw i saw most of the saw theaters saw movies in theaters and things like that um so, but I never got back into the franchise because I heard such mixed things about it. I I did like the first one. I actually had planned on watching the second one, some point, and I never got to it. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, it, I, I'm excited to check this one out. I'm gonna try to fit it into my 31. Um, I don't remember if I already have it on my list or not. I don't think I did. I just don't know. I didn't know where to put it um, because of like the release schedule. Because when does this come out? Seventh uh, of October okay so really soon like it's early into the the month but yeah two weeks or so but yeah um i'm i'm hyped i i hope it's good uh again i always want every movie to be good but i i have high not high hopes but I, i'm i feel like yeah it's probably gonna be pretty good
1: yeah i think it i'm um, hopefully the horror fans from what i've seen seem to be gravitating towards it. even the ones who may have had a bit of reticence about our new pinhead have kind of had to begrudgingly say actually yeah she's looks and sounds pretty good actually so john your homework when we get off this you got to watch that trailer and let me know what you
0: think do you mean to tell me the internet is not raving about how dare they replace a man with a woman like that's not happening oh okay because i feel like i keep hearing about a mermaid somewhere so i just assumed surely we would be hearing the same about this because how dare they (sighs) take a job from a man anywho um Mine is a, is about famous people not getting enough money, and uh, I couldn't help that it, it, it is one of those ironic things. I actually am on the side of the actors in this scenario, but it's also like but you're you guys are so rich like um but uh Tom Cruise, Sandra Bullock, and now the actors of Jackass um, believe they are getting slighted money uh, because of a deal Paramount has with epics um. And Epix is a streaming channel slash uh, streaming service slash cable channel, I guess. Like a stars, like a uh, HBO, but like less than, right? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Paramount made a deal with them a few years ago. And the, the rate that the actors are getting from their movies that are streaming on Epix is far less than like money they're getting from like Universal streaming on Peacock and things like that. So the actors are like, um, hey, Paramount, what, what are you doing here? Because where this could be detrimental to Paramount, especially with Tom Cruise, Maverick himself, the the Come man on. who's basically not only saving theaters, but saving the studio because yes. their big franchises are Mission Impossible and Top Gun now, and <laughs> that's all Tom Cruise. So if Tom Cruise is mad at Paramount, Paramount's in trouble because you know they want to make another Top Gun movie. Even if, like, if they don't have Cruise in it, you know they want to build on the franchise because they're milking that. They've made $700 million. You're not letting that go. Um, and that's so just domestically. That's just, yeah, it's domestic. Sorry, uh, that is what I know, though, number-wise, because it's uh, it's like number six or something all the time 1. here.
1: 1.4 billion worldwide. I don't know if it may have gone up to 1.5 now, but it's pretty much
0: 1.5 billion worldwide. And that's without a China run, and that's yeah. huge, folks. So th- they can't afford Tom Cruise to be mad at them because that's what the, the article kind of gets into is that um, that if, uh, they don't fix the contract issue or at least what the actors are deeming as a contract issue or comp them, you know, maybe pay them more, even though that might cost them money. Um, you could lose future signings of not only just those actors, but other actors who are like, Oh, I don't want to commit to a Paramount movie. Cause then when the movie ends up streaming, especially if it's not getting a long theatrical run and it's going to end up on Epic's they're not going to make nearly as much money doing it, so why not just do a movie with another studio instead? And that is the fear, of course, that Paramount would have in this scenario is that like you have these big name actors talking out about it. If that stops other actors from signing on because they don't want to get money lost in the the long run, they'll just sign to another movie instead. So um, Paramount might have to, to you know do something here. They they initially the response this is articles on uh, AV club, but um, from what I saw Paramount is kind of like, well, we signed that contract at market rates a few years ago. It's a temporary contract. You know, when it ends, we'll renegotiate, kind of deal. Like, it'll be okay, kind of thing. But again, that these actors are speaking out, and keep in mind, Tom Cruise had their biggest movie this year. Sandra Bullock had a a successful kind of movie with Lost City with earlier this year that was Paramount. And Jackass, all of the Jackass movies are on Paramount, but Jackass Forever and Jackass Four Point Five um are through paramount as well so the fact that those guys are even like hey yeah our money's not as strong it doesn't bode well so um it's again hard to have sympathy because we're talking about like they're still getting a lot of money they're just not getting as much money as they probably should be or could be if they were with a different studio but i still think it's interesting because anytime uh big actors are having contract dis- disputes i'm always worried about like something getting ruined or something being canceled or something that we want to happen being shelved. So that's why I brought it up.
1: Yeah. And not, let's not forget that a lot of these, lots of these actors may even share the same agents. So the yeah. agents will be fully aware of this and they're not going to want to align their talent with studios. that Aren't paying the big bucks because then the agents don't get their share of the big bucks as well. Yep. Um, it is easy to look at this story though and think, Oh yeah. Multi-millionaires. Crying about not getting a few extra million. But it actually, but yeah, like you say, when you actually read the article and look beyond that, this is more of just a business decision. Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise is probably worth about 500 million. Is he going to notice if he's, if he's losing 10 million? Well, of course not. But at the same time, you, you know, it's the same in sports terms. If you look at how much the top earning uh, NFL stars earn, NBA, uh, Premier League, soccer football. You know, it's just the way it is in this world. Big bucks are paid for the big stars, and is um, as immoral and as awful as it is to see someone getting paid twenty-five million dollars for thirty days' work on set. it This is these are the numbers we're dealing with, so you know it, it, it's not comparable to somebody working nine to five, missing out on a thousand bucks a year. But you know, to them, maybe it is. uh But still, pay them less. So, yeah, I think if Paramount say it's in hand, then that's interesting. But that could also be them trying to dampen the flames a little bit. Yeah exactly but you've got to pay, you pay the talent what they're worth at the end of the day whether you agree with it, i agree with it or the listeners agree of how much they get paid you pay the talent what they're worth to you as a studio tom cruise has bought paramount probably a few more lots you know the amount of money tom cruise has bought in just in the last decade pretty much of those, those mi films and now top gun maverick just being is going to be the number one film of the year barring a miracle or avatar yep. running away with it um and sandra bullock still is still a name and Paramount have got other uh, properties and actors who are who, who align themselves more with them. You don't want, like I say, you don't want to lose them because at the end of the day, if you don't pay that extra, however much percentage it is, you, you, you know, you're, you're going to make that back if 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 the next Top Gun movie comes out and does well, which I'm not going to doubt that anymore, then you probably make your money back on what you've just paid Tom Cruise. And you know, the next Sandra Bullock film comes out, you make, you make your money back in the long run. It's a you know, short-term pain, long-term gain. They the studio wants to make money, make no doubt, make no doubt, but doubt about it. They they will pay them what they're worth. They're just trying to fan the flames down at the minute, I think. But they'll they'll get them. They're not going to let these people go. But um, the, it does also open up the whole kind of streaming issue as well. When the contracts with the whole Joe mm-hmm. thing last year as well, you'd have thought they'd have learned their lesson. But if what they're saying is true, and this is just a kind of template temporary contract, then. I imagine that in these guys will probably get a, a bumper contract next time round, but it's a, it's a warning. Like you say, it's a warning to the studios out there that the worlds are changing. Now contracts are going to change with it. And if not, these people are going to go to other studios and make them a lot of money. So uh, whilst it sounds, whilst the headline can sound a bit um, g- greedy in some court um, quarters, it is when you boil it down, just workers wanting what they're owed. Basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, you know, in today's climate, that's pretty, uh, well, relatable. So yeah. that's our headlines for the week, folks. Let's move into uh, media consumption. That's movie, TV, video games, music, podcasts, etc., that we use to pass the time. Or for us, I mean, it's more than just passing time. Let's be real. We, we really, really enjoy movies a whole lot, which is why my list is so pathetic this week. But nevertheless, um, Matt, Hi. what have you been watching since the last time we recorded? Well, this is the
1: first week in ever, I think, that I've done, had more, uh, let me rephrase that, not more action, I've had more consumption <laughs> than you have this week. but um, a Podcast, I listened to the Dead Meat podcast where they chatted about bodies, bodies, bodies. Finally got around to seeing that after four weeks. Um, yes. I'll mention that shortly. Nightmare on Film Street, I listened to their podcast where they were discussing Pumpkinhead for their um, octo sort of leading into October Halloween uh countdown running pumpkin heads fun bodies 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 i watched that the other day and um i thought it was okay i thought it was good uh, i didn't love it but i thought it was good uh i i get the satire and i get the point but i was getting i was starting to get drained a little bit by the the character the characters are horrible i hated every character but i think you're meant to mm-hmm. of course but yeah every yep, single one I i wanted them to go um that the the kind of the, the contemporary dialogue was grating me and again i get it but even satirical satirical or not i thought i can't deal with this much more but i stuck with it i, I liked it and i really did think the twist was yeah fantastic i genuinely That's what thought won went, me over man yeah, exactly mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that this is humdrum to me it's just another you know there's, there's, there's a dime a dozen in the horror genre but that twist was so clever and it really brought into focus what the film was really about in terms of these these friends and you know how they get on and relationships and all that. The ending really brought that into sharp focus. So uh, still still didn't love it, but I'd probably give it a solid seven out of ten. Um, I saw "See How They Run," which is a film I had in my uh, uh, followers of the socials. I know that was on my anticipated list for this year, for what was remaining of this year from August onwards. It's uh, Sam Rockwell, Sergio Ronan, London based murder mystery film. And uh, I thought I didn't really like it very much, to be honest. I it, 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 the mystery within was poor. It wasn't particularly well conceived or executed. And the characters within it, other than Sergio Ronan and Sam Rockwell, who are, who are game, you know, they're having fun. The, the supporting cast I just I don't mean they're 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 nothing you know what I mean they're they're not anything you can grip onto they're not people you can relate to they're not people they're not re- they're not remarkable they're not memorable that's what I put in my reviewers I don't remember anyone else in the cast so when I got to the ending I thought wow it was like a balloon had already gone off and it was just on the floor just limp I really wanted to like it John but It wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it, and um, I managed to procure a screener from Netflix for the monsters, the Rob Zombie, um, Sherry Moon Zombie, of course, Richard Brake, Danny Roebuck retelling of the monsters. And um, again, I wasn't a huge fan of this one either. I remember watching the monsters as a kid, and think, and you know, I think most kids of our age or generation and older remember the monsters in one way, shape, or form, but. This one was it was fine. It, it you know this is definitely Rob Zombie tipping his hat, and it's a passion project for him. So it's yeah. it's made in the same style and vein as the the, the old the monsters so uh, like shows campy. of old.
0: It's not he didn't he, try to like make up the hell. horror. No, no, it's
1: as campy as hell. Um, the whole thing is campy as hell, though. Um, it's oh, I, I don't mean, don't mean to be that guy again, but. I mean, Sherry moon zombie. I mean, she's, she tries, but I, I can't, um, Danny Roebuck. Um, I, we did have him on the sessions to talk star Wars, uh, but in an unbiased view, I think he's, I think he's, um, lots of fun as the counts. Um, uh, sorry, his grandpa monster. Sorry, not the count grandpa monster, but everybody seems to be having a good time though. I mean, it's very campy. everyone's having a good time. It just didn't really land with me. So what you saw in the trailer is pretty much what you're getting in the film. um, so you watch it if you love the monsters. Otherwise, you know, maybe put it on Halloween if you've got kids or want to have a laugh. And I also watched the first three episodes, John, of Andor, the new Star Wars uh, series that's out on Disney Plus. Now I was—I'll uh, I'll mention more about the specifics of how and where I saw it shortly. But um, this is a, this is a show I've been looking forward to because I love Rogue One. And Rogue One's great, but I've been looking forward to this show because of the potential of it. I like the character of Cassian Andor but it was the idea that this show could and will tell the story of the rebellion. How did it start? You know, the empire is at its strongest. How did these um, kind of factions get together or rise? We're going to see the start of that. It's set five years before the first star Wars film, mm-hmm. five years before rogue one and a new hope. And then the second season is going to be, it's going to cover the, the other four years. In between that which is going to be very interesting but um it, and it's done in kind of an arc like storytelling every every three episodes constitutes an arc so if you kind of you're kind of getting four mini films per season which I think is very interesting um very very good and I mean that it's very 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 different from anything it's certainly Star Wars TV related this is a this is an espionage thriller in every sense of the word it's still f- feels like star wars but you would never tell you know you you could show anyone this and you wouldn't necessarily know straight away there is there's curse words in it there's um there's scenes mm. of a sexual nature the 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 kills are fairly cold at times um it's slow it's like blade runner at times it doesn't it, it's very different and when i when i came out of seeing this it's the first my initial reaction was i think people aren't i think people are going to be on the fence about this because it isn't you know, bluster and lightsabers and the force and jet. I don't think you're going to see any force users. I don't think you're going to see any lightsabers in any of the episodes. I think this is, if you like espionage thrillers, if you like what Tony Goura has done before with like Michael Clayton and the Bourne films, this is very much just that it just happens to have a star Wars skin on it. Very impressed. John Burke.
0: You don't think we're going to get like, cause this is, I mean, it's still like Vader's there. Emperor's there, obviously. And that means based on, what we saw from obi-wan that there's potentially the uh what are the the, the sith the thing, the Jedi oh yeah they, they the inquisitors i mean yeah
1: the most we we did our we dropped our recap on sessions and we kind of thought the most we might get is maybe the emperor in a hologram like sent or just ah, his voice yep. booming out like you know to the galaxy you know the empire is like in fortnite you know? yeah like oh jesus exactly <laughs> like in fortnite but maybe more contextual to what's going on but um, yeah I, but I don't think we, g- unless they drop drop something big on us I don't think we're going to see any forces. this is and uh, and again I'm not going to spoil anything but this this is pr- this is about the 9 to 5 workers this is about the 9 to 5 people on the street this is about expanding the galaxy and making sure that there are stakes when something happens it is uh, very different but very very much needed it's a shot in the arm the franchise needed massively and Stellan Skarsgård in it, and he's really good. Uh, but yeah, I, I would recommend checking it out. But I do think if you watch it, you've got to watch all three to start with. Had they released yeah. one one a week, I don't think even my reaction would have been anywhere near as positive. Because the first two, after the second one, I turned around to Luke, my co-host, and said, "Where's this going? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but what's the point? What are we doing?" And then, by the and then in the third one, straight away, bash
0: it, 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 it we
1: go. But how the many first episodes
0: two are, are there going to be? Go sorry, I didn't mean to catch up.
1: There's no, no, it's fine. There's twelve in season one, twelve in season two. Um, oh wow! But all, all, all the fun I, I rewatched um, the first three again, and all it's doing is it's just it's setting up the characters, it's setting up the world, it's setting up a situation. And on second viewing, I was like, yeah, it, this is this is great. But on first viewing, it's a bit jarring those first two. And finally, it's all set on location, all of it. You know, of course, oh. the you know the spaceships coming in and out of CGI, but they're done properly. There's no volume, and my God, do I do I appreciate on location shooting? It's got, it's had a huge budget, and you can tell. I just, it made me very sad. I put in the review, the recap, that Obi Wan, Boba Fett, and even Mando don't utilise the the the, amount, the same kind of. I don't want to say effort, but the same planning it hasn't gone into those shows man the mandalorian to be fair looks good you know even with the volume they usually get that spot on but the other two as much as i enjoyed obi-wan and boba fett was fine if they'd given it this kind of level of production those two shows would have been elevated hugely so yeah that's that
0: well i hope i like it because i am definitely kind of currently on the outs of star wars but uh dave chen from slash or from the film cast um also said uh he's been very negative on Star Wars since Rise of Skywalker which is where I fall in um and a lot of his criticisms about the where the directions of the franchise have been going are my own specifically with what they did to mando cuz i think season 1 of mando it's like hey this is its own thing and then season 2 they're like nope it's all tied to other things it's like gosh darn it let it be its own thing um andor sounds like it might be but again they have room to screw it up so let's see what happens but Just, i hope yeah this I isn't hope.
1: tied to anything yeah it, it leads into rogue one but you know the, yeah i think in the th- in the three episodes i think they mentioned the word empire once that's it they don't mention <laughs> emperor they don't mention storm they don't mention anything
0: that's the one thing i really like about pearl as a prequel is that it, it we know who pearl is in x but it's not concerned with setting up every little thing that happened in X it, it almost doesn't you don't have to see X to get Pearl the only thing you won't know is who Pearl is going into it you won't know exactly where the movie's going and you won't know what Maxine is referring to at the end but otherwise the, it's a standalone story it's a prequel it is a separate thing it is connected to X but it's not like every little easter egg is not a setup for something in X Um, Or the stuff that is connected, it's loose enough that, again, you don't have to have scene X. If you watch Pearl first and then X, you're just going to be like, oh, there's that thing, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I think it works as
0: a standalone just as well. And that's what I think a good prequel maybe should do is, like, it expands on the story, but it's not looking to just give Easter eggs and references to the people who saw the other one. Like, it should be its own thing. It should justify its existence. By being and not not have to like like solo is a great example of a bad prequel, right? Nothing in there really adds to its own movie. Everything in it is literally the only good parts of the movie are nods to things we already knew, and a lot of the bad stuff in that movie are nods to things that we never needed to know, like how he got his freaking name. So don't start me on that, but you
1: won't find that here, John. The Tony Gilroy, the showrunner, said we're not here. We don't. You know, literally said I don't care about fan service i, I don't care i'm good writing friend. a story here and write a and good story that is exactly what they've done hey listen if you if you know all of the star wars legends books in the last 30 years you know they might when they when they go into like a a shop and say we need a part it, they'll chuck in some obscure one from a 1996 yeah. games novel who cares it's just a part but you, there are no other kind of like. Oh, did you hear yeah. about that Skywalker guy? It's nothing, not, not, not at all. I certainly hope, yeah. if, even when you watch it, JB, you do enjoy it because it isn't like the one anything like the other three that have come before. Anything.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to trying it out. Um, it, uh, they are all out now, right? The three episodes, I mean, are out on three episodes, Disney Plus. Yeah. So,
1: yep, and then it's for well, so, one focus.
0: Uh, Matt saying, give it a go. I mean, this guy knows the Star Wars. That's all I'm saying. Stick with it, um, though. I, I will. I will, uh, at least for the three episodes, and then I'll, I'll I'll. watch... Assuming I like the three episodes, I'll plan on watching four. I, I have been pretty... Hey, by comparison, I've been better with the Disney Plus series than you overall. Um, I have skipped. I, I have completely avoided, throughout Star Wars history, their animated stuff, and that is not meant to be a criticism. I just have never been able to commit to any of those, and I've never bothered. So, like, I didn't bother with Bad Batch. But, um... I have watched all the live-action Marvel and all the live-action Star Wars so, so far um, that have been on Disney+, Plus and I will continue it. So um, at least that's my plan, although I am, I'm, I need more movies, man. I haven't been able to watch anything this week. I've been so busy, and that's why my consumption is super small. I've listened to uh, Blank Check Podcast Pinocchio episode because they did Robert Zemeckis, which I had forgotten um, that they did Zemeckis. So I should have known it was going to be Pinocchio also, but they, they did their Pinocchio episode. They also did not like the movie. Um, Uh, And then for their Patreon this week, they did Confess Fletch. Um, They never – one, it's it's not a director they've ever covered, um, which is why it's on the Patreon. But uh, in between director series, they have done one-off episodes with their their producer, Ben's – it's Ben's Choice. And so Ben's taste in movies before the podcast was not – of a certain quality a lot of his favorite movies are like king ralph or uh, the assassin's creed movie with uh michael fassbender um Uh and fletch though is one of his favorite films and so they did a fletch episode as a ben uh ben's choice so they were like well we got to do the confess fletch right like because it's the new one they got to hear did ben like it and the guys were all mostly positive on it i also really like confess fletch um did you see it i know i was just i was just saying i know
1: you enjoyed it i remember you saying how much uh how good john ham was
0: i i'm i am a john john ham fan anyway so i might have an unfair bias there but um from a lot of accounts it's very positive i did uh jeff canada from the slash film sorry it's just a film cast now um didn't like it and i was really surprised uh because he, he a lot of the things i liked he nitpicked and said he didn't like and then uh when i listened to blank checks episode they were saying a lot of things opposite of what he said that i was like oh yeah see that's how i felt um but uh, it's it's in theaters but very few theaters and then it's on i think um it's going it's on vod right now but it's the high dollar like 20 dollar rental 25 to buy um but it's going to be on showtime soon because paramount has it but that this movie got kind of like weirdly contracted and so it's being kind of not supported and i think that's the big problem It, it deserves to be supported I don't know that everyone will like it, but I do think there's an audience for this movie, and it, people aren't going to know about it to even see that it, it had. Like, it kind of got dropped unceremoniously. I had an email that just said, "Like, would you like a screener for Confess Fletch?" I'm like, "Wait, they made a, a new Fletch?" And I'm like, "Oh, and it's John Hamm. <coughs> what? Why didn't I know about this?" <coughs> and I was like, "Please, let me see it." And I, I enjoyed it. So check it out if you can, folks. I don't know that I would say drop $20 on it because I'm not sure if everyone will like it, but if you can see it, I say, see it. Um, I did get to go see the woman King though. The new Gina Prince Blythewood movie that is in theaters that stars Viola Davis, uh, John Boyega and, uh, two other actresses whose names are not going to come to me. And I hate it because I love them so, so much. Um, I was not sure about this movie. I didn't know. I actually didn't realize it was Gina Prince, Prince Blythewood. Um, and if you're not familiar with her by name, listener, her last movie was The Old Guard, which we covered, I think, on this podcast. We did. Um, and we both, if I remember correctly, we both mostly liked. I liked yeah, it, yeah. I think, um, a bit. Uh, but this movie also has a uh, Lashana Lynch, um, and Thuso M- do. I'm sure I said that wrong because I don't think I'm supposed to say the M, but, um, holy crap this movie's so good uh and i won't go i i don't i think we're going to try to cover this at the end of the month because it's not out yet for you
1: no i did have got i do have an advanced screening of it in the next week or two but i don't remember when, if it's the same day as smile or not um and because i did have to, i did have to jack in a don't worry Darling screening
0: as well, well no apologies it, there's no l it. it's bythewood there's no l in it i keep adding an l prince bythewood yeah um but I, I went in with very little – like, I'd seen the trailer, but I still didn't know a lot about this. I didn't know she was directing it. Um, I, I never should question Viola Davis because even in the movies oh. that aren't great, she's always exceptional. But I, I – this movie is fun, but not fun. Uh, like, it's, it's that weird – they somehow find this balance where it's dealing with some real dark and serious stuff – but there's these incredibly shot action sequences. I mean, this is a modern epic. It, it, to me, it reminded me of Braveheart or um, Gladiator. And even I just yeah. recently watched Spartacus for the first time. Um, it's like those, but with a modern take on it. It's it's not quite an epic. It's just over two hours. And epics usually run much longer than that. Yep. But, man, that's the closest thing I could compare it to. I was blown away by this film. It's so good. And... Uh, I, I don't, I, before we review it, I guess I should just take this soundbite and put it in that because I've said too much. But I, I really, I don't think enough people are seeing it. It, it did well. I mean, I think it made 20 million uh, domestic here, but I, no one I know has seen this movie. And so that's bugging me. I'm just like, everyone should go watch this. And they're like, well, i like horror i'm like yeah but there's other things in horror like i like horror and we got barbarian and pearl but this is out too and this is great go watch this movie i really i can't stress enough listeners go check this film out it's really really good and again may not work for everybody but man i don't i don't know how like i i honestly i think this is better than gladiator i just know gladiator was like an mm-hmm. oscar thing so it's yeah, but man. i, it's I would cool. rather watch this again
1: it was on my anticipated for 2022 list as well my friend so see how they run let me down i really hope the woman king doesn't
0: yeah i i actually saw your review of see how they run and it stopped me from driving for the 45 minutes because my local theater didn't get it for some reason um i'm like man i really wanted to see it but i don't want to drive 45 minutes and be disappointed (laughs) so i haven't gone. great um But that's all I've seen uh, movie-wise. I just have been so busy. I actually, technically, I watched The Writer, but I don't usually count movies that I watch with my students and I was teaching The Writer. um, And I've watched half of 400 Blows. We're finishing that tomorrow. Um, But we had weird scheduling this week, too. So I had all these things to grade. And I had a new class start uh, for my college class that I teach on Wednesday night. So, like, that was a thing. And um, I just, man, I've just felt overwhelmed this week so i haven't had a chance to sit and when i have had a free moment i have been continuing to play disney's dreamlight valley which is i don't know man it's my like comforting moment like it really helps me relax um it's my Mm -hmm. new animal crossing i love it so much i've 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 kind of hit a wall though i think i've done i think i played too much where like i've I've done everything that's out with this uh, iteration almost like there's still stuff for me to buy but like all the quests and things i've hit like the max level and I'm like uh-oh, I've played this too much. Um but I I still want to play it. I even I like hopped on for 20 minutes before uh, we recorded because I was waiting for some things to like get done. And I was like, well, I got 20 minutes, I'll just do this. Um so yeah, I probably could have squeezed a movie in if I didn't want to also play my game, but it's really helped me relax. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to back on it. I should have watched maybe two more movies this week, but I I'll have a busy weekend watching movies. I have I have a lot of plans of things I need to watch, so yeah, don't push that's yourself, what i, I know what you mean, mean. sometimes
1: yeah. sometimes it, you think oh, i could watch the film but i'm not in the mood to enjoy it whereas mm-hmm. i like, can't, you need to be sometimes don't you and uh, yeah. playing a game best way to de-stress sometimes
0: yeah if i don't feel like i can uh, give my attention to a movie i don't like to especially if it's one i've been like anticipating or it's one i if i'm supposed to review i have two screeners that i'm just like i i'm not mentally in a place where i want to try to judge somebody else's work because i'm tired like i don't even want to think of my own work right now i don't want to see if i can process someone else's so um, that's our consumption as
1: well. sorry carry on my friend I keep, no. it's me elongating the <laughs> i just want to talk to john that's all
0: it's okay it's all good sir that's what we're here for in fact that's what we need to check in with we got to make sure that after we've consumed all this stuff that we're still taking the time for ourselves to stay bloody awesome matt what have you been doing to stay bloody awesome since the last time we recorded? Uh,
1: to stay bloody awesome, John, I have avoided a press screening of Don't Worry, Darling. Um, Now I was supposed to go and see that on Tuesday up in London. Um, Thank you to Warner Brothers, but uh, we were invited by Lucas. Uh, sorry, yes, yeah, Star, Star Wars UK and Disney Plus UK say so we, myself and Luke Star Wars Sessions, to attend the special screening of Andor in London. Which I do believe would have been a few days earlier, but with um, all of the hoopla surrounding the state funeral of the Queen, this for the last ten days, you know, everything got pushed back until the beginning of this week. So, but uh, we went up to London to 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 uh, view. And on the biggest IMAX screen I've ever seen with the best sound I've ever heard other than actual Warner Brothers HQ in London. Um, And there was photo ops there. The droid who is in the series, the screen, the the screen used droid was there. He took pictures of them uh, around. And and we were told about six times in no uncertain terms, please do not lean on him. Please do not touch him (laughs) because he's going back on screen. Um, There was, and there was a photo ops with the stormtroopers and reaction pods and, uh other things as well which i can't remember but it was great it wasn't just a standard screening which i thought it may just be i was kind of worried that we we're going to get there and just be the screening it could have been great but i felt like they were, i feel i've mentioned before on that show that the marketing in the uk for andor has been terrible terrible you know, obviously in the states they've had lots of marketing or at least they've had more events and in the uk there was like a, a nine minute screening for empire magazine subscribers with a q a afterwards and we thought well why limit your audience to 100 people when you could have just done that for everyone around the country and played it in front of rogue one um but they put on this screening and this event and it was a lot of fun it was great fun there were lots of other creators there some we knew and was nice to catch up with others we others we met but it was just great to go and watch star wars on the big screen which is what our kind of takeaway was it's been nearly three years since the rise of skywalker it's been great to see Star Wars on the big screen. The fact that Andor was worth the wait in the end, even better. So um, a cool special screening of Andor was how I've stayed bloody awesome. It has put me on my backside for, for the rest of the week, though, in terms of just being tired and run down. But yeah. I'm not going to say no to it still. But how about you, John? How have you been staying bloody awesome?
0: So I've written buy slash sell. And uh, earlier, I think a week ago, uh, my daughter made a pizza in the oven and I nice. helped her get it out of the oven. And I saw that the coil at the bottom of the oven, we have an electric stove, um, was sparking and looked like it was on fire. And I was like, that's not thats not Excellent. good. So I turned off the oven and I'm like, no one use the oven until I can figure something out. And I thought it'd be easy to replace the thing. Apparently, that's not something you commonly replace inside the oven. Like the stovetop burners all the time, you go to the, your local hardware store, find them for like 30 40 bucks But that one, our hardware store doesn't have. So I don't know if I have to order it, but I'm just like, you know what? It's—it's it's, This stove is at least 12 years old, if not older it's probably time we get a new stove, but we just had our roof done and stoves are like 400 to $500 right now for like the cheapest one. And I'm like, Oh man, I don't know if we have that right now. Cause we also, we need to get something done in our bathroom. Like we have some work we're trying to have done. So I, I haven't been playing magic The gathering much for the last year. So I just like, my head was, if I can sell enough of my cards to get money to buy a stove, it will kind of justify the amount of time and money I spend into playing the game. And, um, I, I, I did, I, uh, I traded enough cards that I'm going to be able to buy us a stove and Massive. it wasn't even like, Massive. it wasn't that many cards. And, um, it's hard to part with some of them. And it's like, especially some that I got lucky and I, like, I actually pulled out of a pack that I paid $4 for, but now that card, one card out of 15 cards is now worth 50 bucks or 60 bucks. Um, That's like, it's not hitting the lottery, but it is, it's close. You know, it's that like, oh, it's like a scratch off ticket. I won 50 bucks. Cool. Um, Giving some of those cards away, knowing that they could increase in value later or whatever is never an easy thing to do, but I knew it was the right thing to do. So I spent two hours pulling cards, pricing cards, um, setting, setting up the process to trade them into my local shop um and then my daughter volunteered to take them while i was at work uh and get the let let the ball get rolling because he has to go verify the the quality and all of that um and then wrote me a a check that is in my bank account and will be paying for my new stove so i thought that was kind of fun
1: that's very cool see i don't know the price or the value of of the card so just hearing that you can sell you know a a decent amount and be able to afford a new stove is
0: (laughs) amazing Honestly, it was less than a hundred cards to get the money I needed to buy the stove.
1: <laughs> I'm going to start collecting the cards just so I can afford it, like kitchen utensils and kitchen furniture.
0: It's it's wild. Like I, I it's been fun for me because I'm just like I'm I'm paying for a stove with cardboard. But I'm like, but at the same time, money's paper, so it's all you know, it's all made up, fabricated things that we pretend are worth stuff, but they're really. Someone somewhere is deciding that there were something. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be. So it's it's crazy. But yeah, I, I, I have not ordered my new stove yet because I'm still waiting on the final price of our roof. And I just don't want to be surprised that it be way more than I'm expecting. But I have the money sitting ready to go get us a new stove. We have other means of cooking for now. We we've we've honestly don't use the oven as much as we used to because of the air fryer. Um, it's it's faster and better and it's it doesn't heat up the house like an oven can. Um, so, uh, it, it's not detrimental, but air fryer, you can't make a whole pizza in an air fryer. So we've no, no pizzas have been made here for a couple of weeks. I and mean, that's probably it for the best. Um, that said, that's our episode. That's it for this week. We will be back, uh, with a spoiler episode of Pearl on Monday, but we will have our new episode next Thursday where we're going to be talking about that acclaimed, maybe, Infamous, who knows, film called Don't Worry, Darling, the new Olivia Wilde film starring Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, uh, Nick Kroll, which is the, I like Nick Kroll, but he is a weird curveball of a cast in that movie. Um, and so a lot of other people. It's a pretty big ensemble cast overall, but hopefully it's great. We were really hopeful hopefully. for it, but who knows? Um, we'll be back to talk about it next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast matt where are we on twitter we are at Bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p
1: underscore podcast
0: and on facebook uh we are at bloody awesome movie podcast just search us up um individually you can follow me at berk and at berk on all the social media platforms matt where can they find you at what i watch
1: tonight.co.uk and just across all of the social search what i watched tonight also letterboxed as well
0: And if you like what we are doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you give us that five star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use. Um, And with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome.